0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Let's get on to some shoutouts. Graham, Balangal had a birthday earlier this month and he ate some cake, but it turned out it was magical cake and he began to grow and grow and grow and grow until he busted out through the roof of his house and all his neighbors came out and saw him growing up to hundreds of feet tall. And they were like, oh no, Graham, stop growing. And he was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then his mom threw a piece of opposite cake up to him, but it just hit him in the leg and fell back down to the ground since he was so tall. And she yelled up to him, Graham, you have to eat the opposite cake. And he yelled back, I can't hear you. And he was so big and his voice was so thunderous that his yelling shattered all the windows in his house. But then he figured it out and picked up the little piece of opposite cake, which was like the size of a crumb to him, and he ate it and shrank back down to regular size, and he was like, Hey, Mom. Sorry about the roof. And the windows. And everything. And his mom was like, No problem. Totally my fault for setting out the magic cake instead of the regular cake. So I hope you had a good birthday, Graham. If you were a character in the valley, you would be a giant. Of course. And Nick Caston from Iowa is an avid listener. Nick, I think if you were a character in the stories, you'd be a farting bull farmer by day and a ninja by night. You would raise the best farting bulls in the valley and then defend your livestock from thieving cave trolls and bandits by night. Thanks for listening, Nick. Today's episode is titled Dungeon Crashers. Guys, we got one! Our first customer! shouted Beatrice. She reached down and grabbed the envelope off the ground. Someone must have slid it under the door last night. Her business partners and best friends all gathered around the desk. The only piece of furniture in the small office. Beatrice laid the envelope on the desktop and they all looked at it. Um, how long are we all going to look at it? Asked Alice. I don't know. There's no set time limit for these things. I was just soaking up the moment. You know, it's our first client repeated Beatrice. She grasped her hands tightly together and held them against her chest in excitement. I think that's long enough, said Punch, who was not known for her patience. She reached down, grabbed the envelope, and opened it. She went to read it, but realized that this was an honor for Beatrice. Ever since starting the Dungeon Crasher's business, she eagerly opened the shop each day, hoping to find a request for help just like this one. Punch handed the note to Beatrice. Beatrice took the note and said, Thanks, and began reading. Dear Dungeon Crashers, there is a ghost in my garden. It eats all of my tomatoes every night. Please help. Signed, Minerva. Minerva from the edge of town, wondered Punch out loud. You know it's probably just rabbits, right? Maybe not, said Beatrice. It could be an actual ghost. You remember... A while back, there was that ghost in Thornwoods, right? Everyone said that was real. I'm not saying ghosts aren't real. I'm saying there isn't one in Minerva's garden eating her tomatoes at night. Why would a ghost eat anything, much less tomatoes? Asked Punch. Minerva's tomatoes are delicious, said Alice, adjusting her glasses. Exactly, said Beatrice. They're delicious. Come on, let's go. The trio ran to the edge of town where Minerva lived. No one knew how old Minerva really was, but she had been living in that same house on the edge of town for as long as anyone could remember. Her house was old but clean, weathered but sturdy. Minerva's entire backyard was a vegetable garden. It was always the biggest and most productive garden in all of Northtown. Long vines full of green beans grew up trellises, Pumpkins and gourds rested among vines on the ground. Tall stalks of corn stuck up into the air. Many other plants thrived there in her garden as well. The kids went around back where Minerva spent her days harvesting, weeding, and caring for her plants. They entered through the back gate, and as usual, Alice began writing down notes in her notebook. Beatrice approached Minerva, who was on her knees among some plants pulling weeds, Hello, said Beatrice. I'm Beatrice, and we're the dungeon. I know who you are, interrupted Minerva in an old creaky voice. And I knew your parents and their parents. Small town like this, we all know each other. Right, yeah, said Beatrice. The garden looks great. "Ah, oh, thank you, said Minerva. Everybody's good at something. And you're good at clearing out uh, dungeons, is it? Well, technically, we haven't cleared any dungeons just yet, said Beatrice. Before she could continue, Punch said, You're our first client. Beatrice didn't want to share that little bit of information, but Punch beat her to it. And it was the truth. Well, you've got to start somewhere, said Minerva. Now about this garden ghost... It's coming in here every night. I hear it chomping on my tomatoes, but I've never been able to spot it. Miss Minerva, I have to ask, began Beatrice. Would it make more sense that it's just bunnies eating your tomatoes? Beatrice really wanted there to be a ghost, but she thought Punch was probably right. No, not at all. I've got a deal worked out with the bunnies, said Minerva. Anyway, in the mornings, all the ripe tomatoes are gone, and there's piles of chewed-up tomatoes on the ground. The only reasonable explanation is that a ghost is eating them, and after it chews the tomatoes, they fall to the ground, right through its uh, ghostly body. The girls didn't quite know what to think of this theory. On the one hand, it kind of made some sense. If an animal was eating the tomatoes. There would not be piles of them on the ground. And there had been reports of ghosts elsewhere on the island. But on the other hand, the idea of a ghost eating tomatoes was silly. Like, why would a ghost eat tomatoes? Why would a ghost eat anything? Beatrice decided that instead of wondering, they should just find out for themselves. We'll do a stakeout then, said Beatrice. We'll stay up all night watching your garden, and when the ghost, or whatever, comes to eat your tomatoes, we'll... Uh, well, I don't know what we'll do, but we'll figure it out. The girls found a nice place to keep an eye on the tomato plants. From behind some rain barrels, the three girls could see right to the row of tomato plants at the back of the yard. The sun set. The moon was bright in the sky, and Beatrice, Alice, and Punch grew very tired. We did not think this through. (sighs) Said Alice through a yawn. We should have taken a nap or something before trying to stay up all night. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I was just so excited about our first case, though, whispered Beatrice. Punch was sitting on her bottom, leaning against the barrel, snoring gently. Finally, just before Beatrice and Alice joined Punch in her slumber, they heard something in the distance. Minerva's home was on the edge of town and behind her property began a small forest. Beatrice and Alice squinted in the darkness, but were able to make out a figure walking from the forest and toward Minerva's property. The figure glowed, gently, appeared to be translucent, and was humming a tune. No way! It's an actual ghost, whispered Alice. The ghost neared Minerva's backyard, clearly heading straight for the tomato plants. It was wearing old clothes, as if it were from a time long ago. Its body appeared to be made from blue and gray light. Beatrice elbowed Punch. The first thing Punch saw when she woke was a wide-eyed Beatrice silently shushing her. She didn't say a word, and Beatrice pointed to the back of the garden where the ghost was approaching. The ghost seemed not to have a care in the world, which made sense to the girls. What did a ghost have to be afraid of? And, just as Minerva suspected, the ghost moseyed up to the line of tomato plants and began plucking them off the vine and eating them. The girls watched the ghost chew the tomatoes as if they were the best thing it ever tasted. It mumbled and tilted its head back and said things like, Oh my goodness, best tomatoes ever. So, so good. Alice turned to Beatrice and shrugged her shoulders as if to say, What now? Beatrice wasn't quite sure. She really did not expect an actual ghost to visit the garden. She figured it was some kind of animal or a mischievous goblin or something, and they would chase it off and that would be the end of it. But here before her was a real ghost eating tomatoes, and she had no idea how to get it to stop. Beatrice shrugged her shoulders back to Alice and slowly stood up. The ghost didn't notice. It was too involved in its tomato feast. Beatrice slowly stepped out from behind the barrels and said, Excuse me. Hello? The ghost snapped its head up. Its eyes went wide and it looked afraid. Clearly it was not used to interruptions while eating Minerva's tomatoes. Beatrice took a couple more slow steps forward and again spoke to the ghost in a calm, quiet voice. Yes, hello, I'm Beatrice, and and, and I'm wondering, why are you eating those tomatoes? The ghost went from being shocked to being confused. I'm eating the tomatoes because they're delicious. Why else would I be eating them? Oh, I guess I didn't know ghosts can eat things, said Beatrice. "I I thought ghosts couldn't taste. Well some can and some can't and others can sometimes but not all the time said the ghost it's all very complicated and none of it makes sense really and i didn't come here to explain ghost lore to you little girl i came here to eat tomatoes so if you don't mind and the ghost went back to stuffing its face with delicious tomatoes now beatrice alice and punch cautiously walked closer to the ghost pardon me um ghost ma'am said alice Those tomatoes don't belong to you. They are not wild tomatoes, you know. The ghost stopped eating and turned to Alice, clearly annoyed at being interrupted. Of course I know they aren't mine. They're in this huge garden, and that lady inside grows them, and I come steal them whenever I feel like it. I'm a ghost. Do you think I care about stealing? And the ghost turned back to twisting tomatoes off the vine one by one, plopping them in its mouth where they would be chewed, swallowed, and then plop onto the ground in little piles of smashed tomato. The three girls each made a face now. It was kind of gross being able to see through the ghost as the tomatoes were chewed up and everything. For a moment, they all simply stood there, not knowing what to do next. Then Punch walked right up to the ghost. As it lifted yet another tomato to its ghostly, glowing blue mouth, Punch smacked it right out of the ghost's hand. The tomato flew off and landed in the yard. The ghost appeared shocked, but was apparently too hungry to bother with Punch much more. It went right back to eating tomatoes. The ghost reached out and plucked another tomato off the vine. Punch brought her leg up swiftly and kicked the tomato out of the ghost's hand. "'Well now, enough of that,' said the ghost. "'Who do you think you are trying to fight a ghost?' I'm not fighting a ghost, I'm just kicking tomatoes, said Punch. I'll swat away every tomato you pull off that vine before you can eat it. And she surely could, too. Punch was small, but terribly quick, and well-trained in martial arts. And she really did just enjoy kicking and punching things. The ghost gritted its teeth and grumbled and leaned forward and swung at Punch. Punch leaned back to dodge the attack, but the ghost's closed fist managed to pass through Punch's arm. She winced in pain as a chill moved through her arm. It was so cold for a moment where the ghost passed through her. She had never been touched by a ghost before. She wasn't sure if it would hurt, and now she knew. It hurt. But the pain passed quickly, and now Punch was angry. That'll be the only time you hit me, ghost, said Punch. The ghost lunged at Punch, swinging wildly and kicking. Punch sidestepped, bobbed, and dodged effortlessly. The ghost grumbled and stomped back to the tomato plants. It tried to keep eating, but every time it took a tomato off the vine, Punch would swoop in and swat it away. After a few more kicked tomatoes, Beatrice stepped in. All right, all right, she said. We didn't come here to fight a ghost. You can't just steal the tomatoes. Punch will just keep swatting them away. Maybe you can take the seeds there on the ground and plant them in the forest where you live. Then you can have all the tomatoes you want. But I want these tomatoes right now, said the ghost. I don't want to wait for these to grow. I'll just keep coming back, night after night. You three can't keep coming here every night. You're a rude little ghost, aren't you, said Punch. Punch, that's not helping, said Beatrice. Then she remembered Minerva mentioning a deal she had made with the bunnies. She had no idea what the deal was, but she was thinking maybe they could make some kind of a deal with the ghost here. Listen, how about this? Maybe you can help out with the garden in exchange for having eating rights to some of the tomato plants, suggested Beatrice. The ghost paused. Help out like how, it asked. Well, maybe you could spend some time weeding the garden each night, said Alice. You can pull weeds, right? Of course I can pull weeds, said the ghost. Or I could just do this. The ghost then reached down to the ground and passed its hand through some weeds. At the mere touch from the ghost, the weeds turned white with frost. A couple seconds more, and the leaves turned brown and wilted. "'That's amazing,' said Alice, now writing in her notebook. "'You can do that intentionally, like it's some kind of special ghost power or something?' "'I do it on purpose,' said the ghost.' now feeling a little special at the attention it was getting. I can do it whenever I want, you know. I've been a ghost for a while now, learned a few tricks. That's amazing, said Beatrice. If you just get rid of the weeds in the garden when you come visit, then I'm sure Minerva wouldn't mind sharing her tomatoes with you. Well, all right, I guess, said the ghost. It then glared at Punch, who was standing ready to kick a tomato in case the ghost decided to try and grab any more. I'll start tomorrow night, then, as long as the tomato puncher isn't here to bother me. Yes, I mean, no, the tomato puncher won't be here, said Beatrice. Just you and the weeds, and the tomatoes. The ghost nodded and wandered off back into the forest. So that just happened, said Alice, still jotting down notes in her notebook. I know, it's amazing! Our first real case, and we crushed it, said Beatrice. The girls high-fived and then stood around for a moment, soaking up the good feelings of their success. Then Alice yawned and tried to cover it up with her notebook. Then Beatrice yawned and brought both hands up to her mouth to stifle it. Then Punch tried to keep her mouth closed while a yawn struggled to break free. Okay, we should all go get some sleep, said Beatrice. Let's meet back here tomorrow morning to tell Minerva the plan. The next morning, Beatrice was still feeling great about their big win from the night before. Punch and Alice were still yawning and waking up slowly. They met Minerva in her backyard and, with the help of Alice's notes, recounted the events. I see. So, this ghost is going to be pulling weeds and I'm going to feed it tomatoes? She replied once the retelling was complete. That's the plan. I hope it works. It didn't really make sense for us to just stay out here every night punching tomatoes out of its hands, said Beatrice. No, no, not very efficient to do that, I guess, agreed Minerva. Thanks for your help. Here's your payment. Minerva handed Beatrice a small cloth pouch of coins. It made a muffled, tinkling sound when it landed in Beatrice's hand. Alice and Punch perked up, and Beatrice tried not to squeal with delight. Of course, of course, yeah, thank you too, Minerva, said Beatrice. We'll swing by in a couple of weeks to see how it's all going. Minerva waved them off and returned to her garden. Beatrice, Alice, and Punch hustled back to their little office. Beatrice dumped the little cloth pouch out on the desk and coins tumbled and rolled about. The three looked upon the coins with pride. So what do we do with the money? asked Punch. We pay rent for the month, said Alice. According to my notes, this will cover our monthly rent almost exactly. Hmm, grumbled Punch. Money is less exciting when it's already spent. Yeah, but just think, the next payday, we get to keep all of it, said Beatrice. She scooped the coins back into the pouch and walked to the door. I'm going to run this over to the landlord now. Maybe you two can post a few more signs around town? Punch and Alice made some flyers. They walked around town and stuck them up on poles and buildings. The flyers read, Dungeon Crashers, clearing out your dungeons, basements, crypts, and catacombs. No more goblins, ghosts, bandits, tunnel rats, cave spiders, etc. No job too small or too weird. Delman Street, Northtown. They were sure that soon, business would be booming. The End Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios.